0: This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. All right, let me stop playing. You already know. Well, the Eagles choked. They had a chance to get a big win, and they just couldn't get it done. And just like, I think it was John Marks and... uh, Damn, what's that guy's name? I think his name, Ike Reese, yeah. John Marks and Ike Reese. They said it's just like the Saints game in 2013 in the playoffs where we tied it up, but we get the lead with, like, six or seven minutes to go, and then we let the opponent run out the clock and kick a game-winning field goal. I feel like this happened some other time, too, that they mentioned. It did, but... That's pretty much what happened in the Chargers game. It was back and forth, back and forth. You know, they took the lead in the fourth, and then we battled back to tie it. And then that last six minutes, you know, they just got the key third downs that they needed and kept moving the chains and running the clock. And then they kicked the field goal at the end, and we lost. Dog. The person who kicked the field goal is Dustin Hopkins. We lost to Dustin Hopkins. Damn! Former scapegoat of the Washington sitcom. The guy they complained about all season till they released him and then they signed a guy that was worse than he was and then they won him back and now they got Chris Live, and they're just like okay, you gotta be better than It. I don't even think Blewett was that bad. It's just that Those kicks where they were so low that they hit the lineman, those were bad. But other than that, he was fine. But the fact is, you're a professional kicker. Those kicks, you know, kicking into your lineman's head, that can't happen at all. Like, one time is an accident. Like, more than that is just ridiculous. So, he had to go because of that. Makes sense. Makes plenty of sense. But, you know, enough about the Washington sitcom. The Eagles lost. But it's all good. Because I'm looking at the standings. And the seventh wild card spot is occupied by the Falcons, who beat the Saints. The same Saints team that beat the Buccaneers. Trust me, none of the Saints' losses make any sense. You lose to the Giants at home, and you lose to the Falcons. Uh, what's the other loss they had? And they lost to the Panthers. Like, these losses make no sense at all. Whatsoever. But you blow out the Packers and you beat the Bucks. I don't understand. Like, this is a team that's going to occupy the wild card? And you don't respect the bird? You got to respect the bird. Because there's no way you can respect all these other teams that are ahead of the Eagles. For the wild card, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, you tied with the Giants. The Vikings are inconsistent. The Falcons, they're getting it together, but they're still not that good. The Panthers, not that good. The Saints, inconsistent. I mean, who else is fighting for that spot? Like, (laughs) Like, you have got to be kidding me with this wild card race. The Giants... We're gonna at least split with the Giants. It's gonna be hard to beat them twice because they're just they're a capable team. They're a capable team. They got a decent defense, and Daniel Jones sometimes will surprise you. And just like Jalen Hurts, he can hurt you with his legs. I swear to God, that wasn't an attendant pun, I swear. But even though the Eagles choked against the Chargers, you still gotta respect the bird come on now, come on now, you got to get with me on this. Eagles will be fine, especially since now they're running the ball. They're fifth in rushing yards in the the NFL, third in yards per carry, and fourth in rushing touchdowns. So we've unlocked Jordan Howard. We got uh, a Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell who – they are multi-purpose backs. They can run in between the tackle. They can catch passes. They're very elusive. I love it. <clears throat> and then we still could get Miles Sanders back, who is just a great all-around back, like, in general. <clears throat> like, Jordan Howard's a power back. Jordan Howard got three touchdowns already. He's only played, like, two games. 176 rushing yards versus the Chargers. That game got close against the Chargers when we start running the ball. Now, shout out to the Eagles, though. They did make some key fourth down stops to keep the Chargers off the board because the Chargers, it kind of reminded me of their game against Washington where they were clearly the better team. They were moving the ball at will, but they just couldn't get in the end zone. It's always a dumb turnover or a stop on 3rd or on 4th down. I mean, <laughs> it's just like the just like the Washington game. But unlike the Washington game, I feel that the Eagles had a better chance of winning. Yeah. You know, Jalen Hurts threw for less than 200 yards again, but it's okay. We finally got DeVonta Smith going, and that last touchdown drive showed me that if they got the ball back within those last six minutes, they might have won this damn game. The Chargers are not all that. They got bodied by the Patriots. They got bodied by the Ravens. They they should have beat the Cowboys, but they choked. Because, once again, I don't know what the deal is with this short yardage offense, And uh, goal line often, I don't know what to deal with it, is sometimes very inconsistent. But that cost them the Dallas game. Overall, I don't know how, but yet they're still in first place because the Raiders decided to lose to the Giants, and the Chiefs are, I don't know what they're doing. They just decided to become mediocre all of a sudden. And the Broncos, oh, man, the Broncos are right there just with two wins against the NFC East. Now, I don't think they're going to beat the Eagles. Because the Eagles won't be playing around. See, they're going to shorten their possessions by running the ball. Um, Broncos are decent against the run. And the Eagles are not very good against the run on the flip side. So I think this is going to be, but what we're trying to do and what they're trying to do I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. As long as neither team turned the ball over, this should be a fast-paced, moving game. I don't see Hurts and Bridgewater doing too much drawing. It's just at the end of the day, who can win the battle at the line of scrimmage. And I feel like the Eagles have the potential to do that. Because I'm telling you, you want to respect the bird Here in 2021. I'm telling you. My dream is for the Eagles to get the seventh wild card spot and then the Cowboys to somehow get it together and end up in second place. And then the Eagles, after beating the Cowboys in Philly week 18, come back the next week and beat Dallas again to send them home for the season. That would be my dream. And from the looks of it, it's still possible. I hope that happens. Nothing would make me happier. I don't even care what happens after that. If the Eagles can pull that off, oh, my God, that would be awesome. That would be incredible. You better watch the birds, dog. They're not that bad of a team. Just, you know, got to keep running the ball, got to do better on defense, 80% completion percentage, and and Keenan Allen getting over 100 yards receiving. Like, that's just ridiculous. Now, we got to get better on defense. But we can tighten up a little on defense and keep running the ball. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a runner, too. Don't forget now. He he was the leading rusher on the team for a while. He might still be the leading rusher. I'm telling you, this team, you better respect the bird because they coming. (laughs) Oh, man. Speaking of the Cowboys, they lost to the Broncos 30 to 16. It wasn't really that close, dog. Because it was 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter. I couldn't believe it. Now, I was listening on the radio on the way to my uncles, and the Cowboys at that point, they had gotten a kick return from Pollard deep into, not deep, but into Broncos territory. And I was like, oh crap, Broncos are gonna blow them out. I kind of watched another game, I guess the Ravens and Vikings for a little bit. And then um once I came back to that it was 16 nothing. I was like, "Huh? The Broncos got a stop? And then they got another stop and now it was 16 to nothing." Then the next thing you know, when I got in a car to leave, cause I cut my visit my uncle's short. Um it was 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter. I was like, whoa, no one saw that coming. I don't like Dallas. I don't like the Cowboys. Dallas is fine as a city, and their other teams are fine. I just don't like the Cowboys. But I I didn't even see that coming. I was like, there's no way the Broncos are going to win. No way. Maybe if I thought about it hard enough, I could have came up with scenarios. But even then, I was thinking it's unlikely the Cowboys just the better team. I mean, they ain't all that. I mean, they're still going to be out in the second round. And this game against the Broncos proves it. They're going to be out in the second round. They might not even make it past. Matter of fact, now that I think about it, they might not make it past the first weekend. If they don't get a top three seed, they ain't making it out of the first weekend because they're going to play a five seed at home, assuming they even win the division, they still could choke that now. They ain't clinched nothing. Assuming they win the division, they can end up in fourth and play pretty much the loser of the Rams-Cardinals division race, which, I mean, if either team plays their best, they're beating the Cowboys, period. You're done. But it was very entertaining to see that. I mean, come on, look at these stats. The Cowboys got outgained by the Broncos, 407 to 290. And half of the 290 for the Cowboys came in the fourth quarter. Garbage time. Trash. Wow. They had two turnovers, They lost a turnover battle, and pretty much got more than doubled up in time of possession. The Broncos had 41 minutes of time of possession. The Cowboys had 18. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do is run the ball and keep Cowboys off the field, Cowboys offense off the field, and get them out of rhythm. Hey, that sounds good to me. Oh, my goodness. Don't let anyone else copy this game plan. if they do, done. You're finished. It's over. It's a wrap. Wow. I love it, man. (laughs) I love it. The Cowboys losing. Got them panicking a little bit. But despite all that, there's still three games ahead because the Eagles choked and the Giants, even though they won, are still three and six. And even Washington with a bye week, two and six. Like, this is a joke. And the Cowboys are six and two. Six and two. Six and two. But I'm telling you, first round or second round exit guarantees Guaranteed. All right. Other other notes I got about the NFL. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to get back here. Okay. So the Bengals falling back. They lost to the Browns. Browns make a statement. They put the hammer down. I was thinking, okay, the Bengals are finally going to get the Browns. Nope. The Browns bodied them. That pick six in the end zone when it was 0-0, that set the tone for that game. Good bounce-back game for Baker, who got me 20-plus fantasy points. Uh, Good to have him back cooking. I love it, man. Uh, Cardinals and Titans are still winning without their best players. Titans lost Derrick Henry pretty much until the playoffs, maybe the season. And then the Cardinals... They didn't have Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins. I was listening to this game on the radio, and they punished the 49ers, who they're healthier than they were last year. They still got a bunch of – they have a bunch of key pieces this year. They got IU. They got Garoppolo. They got Nick Bosa. They got all these guys playing, and they still got punished. That's crazy. And the Titans, no Derrick Henry, they got Adrian Peterson and uh, whoever else coming out that backfield. Uh, I forgot the guy's name. But they they gave the, the Rams a bunch of problems on Sunday night football. Or was it Monday night? I think it was Monday night. No, Sunday night, because Monday night was the Bears and Steelers. But that game, Rams and Titans, was crazy, man, because – the Rams still had a chance to win, but um, they just couldn't get it going. And then they had a BS roughing the passer penalty. Man, tired of those. I, I mean, I haven't seen – I may have seen maybe one roughing the passer all season that looked like it should have been called. That That is, like, legit. All the other ones are just way too cautious, way too careful. And it just makes me question everyone who's making these rules. The toning penalty in the Steelers-Bears game, that pretty much cost the Bears the game, that was dumb, too. It looked like he was going towards the sideline. He wasn't saying nothing. That linebacker wasn't saying nothing to that sideline. And shame, they didn't put the guy back in the game after that. I mean, Man, come on, man. Who made who are making these rules? Who's doing this? It don't make sense. Unbelievable, man. And then, you know, they missed a rough in the rough and the pass penalty that was committed on Justin Fields. I'm just like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? That game, that game was crazy, man. That game was insane. And the, the Bears came to play, Unfortunately, that didn't do anything for my fantasy team. You know, there was a Bears receiver that had 20 fantasy points. I needed him to have less than 20 fantasy points for me to win, and he got that exact amount, and I lost. But I can get to that later uh, when I talk about the fantasy football stand. I don't think I've updated them yet, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure all of my teams have no more than three losses except you know easy money who got another win two and seven but you know I, I could talk about that later I can definitely talk about that later so what what's next here what's next here so the CFP no sooner schooner is week by it's a bye week I mean it's, I, I could talk about the things like sooner basketball or, Sooner softball doing their fall stuff and baseball, too. But, you know, it is what it is. All I know is the CFP is cat. It's cat. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. You cannot be serious. All right, I'm I'm pulling it up right now because you cannot be serious. It just came out yesterday. Just came out yesterday. So you got Georgia at number one. All that matters is the top 10 right now. But you got Georgia, number one, obviously. Best team in the country by a mile. Alabama, who struggled with LSU, who was playing a lot of backups. Oregon, who struggled with Washington early but pulled away. I still don't understand why they're right there when they're not even that good and they lost to Stanford. I guess the only reason they're there is because they beat Ohio State, who is number four. Okay, I can see that. Uh, Cincinnati's number five. Not sure why they struggled with Navy, and they struggled even worse with Tulsa. I mean, Tulsa was at the one-yard line twice, down eight. They didn't get it either time because it's a three-and-five football team, and, of course, a three-and-five football team ain't going to be disciplined and execute when it's crunch time like that. They just better be glad. Cincinnati had all them dumb turnovers, or it might have been out of hand. But they still had a chance, despite all that, and Tulsa choked. Choked. You should have seen Cincinnati's faces, you know, the players and the coaches. They were shell-shocked. They couldn't believe they were that close to going to overtime and or losing. They know they ain't play well. Michigan's 8-1. and one. They just beat Indiana, I believe. Um, they're ahead of Michigan State, which I don't understand. I know Michigan State just lost to Purdue. Purdue is pretty inconsistent, but they're 5-3. and three. They're kind of like the Saints. Their losses are kind of are head-scratching, but their wins are spectacular. They beat Iowa when they were number two. They beat Michigan State when they were number three. And you know what the common team is in both of those games. David Bell. David Bell went off. But he ain't. He barely did anything against Wisconsin. I mean, I don't know what these teams doing. And both of these teams ahead of undefeated Oklahoma. Which I don't understand. At all. Oh, I see. The, the schedule and the eye test. You are gonna see real quick that We're better than Michigan and Michigan State and Cincinnati. So, Ohio State, even Ohio State is probably going to lose again. Because, think about it. Ohio State has to play against Michigan State, who, you know, you got them at number seven. Should be number six, at least. Um, Or, I think, I don't know, man. No worse than eight, but no higher than five. You got Michigan State, you got Michigan, and then you probably got Wisconsin coming out of the other side, or you got Purdue. Oh, who they play this weekend. You might have to play Purdue twice. And don't be surprised if Purdue wins one of them. So <laughs> they, they, have a, they have the tools to win one of those games. So it's a possibility that Ohio State can lose another game. We're number eight. I mean, honestly, man, I can see why, but also I can make a case for us being number two as well. I mean, undefeated. Undefeated. I I know we've played, what, one, one ranked team, and that team isn't even ranked anymore. I know it looks bad, but we're undefeated. I feel like they should be... Number two, because of that, it's definitely better than Cincinnati. Uh, But, you know, eye tests and having all these close games and, well, strength of schedule puts us us at eight. So we have to basically win out or not getting in. Now, I was all this hoopla about the CFP and I thought it was ridiculous until I realized, wait, I don't really have an alternative. It's like, Oh, and they finally ranked UTSA. Finally. Uh, Took them long enough. They should have been ranked them. They're 9-0, but their schedule's worse than ours. (laughs) Their schedule's horrible. The best team that they play is Illinois, who have a losing record. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, no. We all feel like UTSA would get smoked. By any team in the playoffs. But I guess, you know, the country would love to see it because they're underdogs and um, they're G5. But nah, I don't think it's going to happen. It's cool to speculate, though. It's cool to speculate. But it's good to see them ranked, and if they keep winning, they're going to be ranked higher and higher. But ultimately, um, I can't see them making the playoffs unless by some miracle. I mean, let's let's look at their schedule real quick, real real quick. Unless by some miracle, they face somebody. Uh, UAB is six and three. North Texas. I don't really see any, you know, signature, potential signature win that will put them in the college football playoff. They would literally just have to uh, hope for the goodness and mercy of the college football playoff committee. That's the only way they want to get in because based off strength of schedule, they're not going to get in. It's that bad. It's in the hundreds. They haven't played a single. (laughs) Oh my God, these teams trash, bro. I'm looking at it, dog. Dog, so you got UAB, UTEP. They just blasted UTEP, who's six and three, but they're three and two in the conference. Trash. UAB, six and three, four and one in the conference. You got Marshall, six and three, four and one in the conference. They're either going to play Marshall or Western Kentucky. None of these guys are ranked. I'm looking at it. None of them are even close to being ranked. So just stop it. Just knock it off. I don't think they're going to make the playoff just because they're in Conference USA and all their team, none of their teams are ranked and none of them teams are even close to being ranked. So that is the thing. But, you know, I'm sure the sports fan that love underdogs would love to see it. I'm just like, I, I mean, I guess I'd be fine. But just don't take a spot away from my Sooners. Because I truly believe that the Sooners are better. I know their argument would be, but you had a close game with Tulane in Kansas. But look what we did the Texas Tech, and TCU, please stop. That could happen to you as well. You have never seen a quarterback like Caleb Williams. You would die. So please, let's not get carried away. It's starting to sound like 2017 UCF. I think the ceiling for UTSA is that they get ranked in the top 15 and they go to a New Year's Six Bowl where they would get, I guess, another at-large opponent, which which I'm predicting will probably be, oh, I don't know, maybe Texas A&M. Maybe not Texas A&M. I say maybe whoever has the worst record between Oklahoma State and Baylor. Maybe they'll they'll get one of them. And nah, they're probably gonna lose. <laughs> so now we'll see. They got a lot to prove, and we'll see. Now the Wizards. The Wizards are seven and three. They are cooking. They had two impressive home wins where they blew out the Grizzlies. A Grizzlies is a pretty good team. And then they beat the Bucks, who yeah. I mean, I know they got people out. Middleton's out. Lopez is out. Still. They still had Giannis though. They still got Giannis, they still got Drew. So it's still kind of a dangerous team, but the Wizards, the Wizards punished them. They tried to make a little comeback at the end, but no. no, no. Wizards punished them, picked up two quick home home wins. I love it. Um I got to get out there and watch a game, but they only have three home games in November. I mean, I don't know which one of them I'm going to watch. I mean, they got Charlotte, Miami, and New Orleans. Those are all winnable games. Miami's a good team. Charlotte's kind of falling back a little bit. And New Orleans is 1-10. They don't have Zion. If we don't win that game, what do we do? I know we won't be able to stop Ingram, but everyone else shouldn't be a problem. We should punish them on God. But we'll see, man. The Wizards are doing good. I like how they look. Uh, Bill is doing his thing, and then everyone else is just fitting in and fitting in their roles nicely, and we still don't have Thomas Bryant and Rui Hachimura back. Just wait till they come back. And we just got too many guys we can throw on the court to play with Bradley Bill. You're done, and we're doing better defensively. I'm telling you, this is a playoff team. From, from the looks of it so far, this is a playoff team. And y'all in trouble if they get in that playoffs and Mr. Bradley Bill start going off. You done. You done. Like, for real done. So they, they got some big road trips coming up. Uh they got the Cavs who are having a pretty good start themselves. That's not gonna be an easy game. They got a lot of size. Um and Colin Sexton is always tough to deal with. It's not gonna be an easy game, especially at Cleveland. That's not gonna be an easy game. So I- I'm hoping they can pull that one out too and get the eight and three. But it- we're gonna have to work for it. We're gonna have to work for it for sure. Uh, let's see, let's see now. DC United. DC United, they choked too, or did they? I mean, to I guess stay in the race. They had to beat Toronto. That game against Toronto was Sunday, and, man, they took care of business. They scored that early goal. They never really looked back, and they got up 3-1, and then that was it, man. Like, I was like, yes, take care of business. And I was just hoping and praying that, you know, that was enough to squeak in the playoffs, but they fell short by one game. One point, one point, and it's in the most excruciating fashion ever because the Red Bull didn't even win their last two games. They tied, but it's one point each for both of those. You've got to be kidding me. Not only did not make the playoffs, but did not make a play, but to lose that playoff spot to our rivals, a rival that we just beat. We just beat them at home and that was a critical win. But at the end of the day, not enough road wins. Losing six nothing to NYC is inexcusable, especially when we had we had beat them earlier in the season. Losing to them six nothing is inexcusable. That's unbelievable. Not even New England put it on us like that. But really the backbreaker. The, the real backbreaker was a team that was pretty much right there with us the entire season, the Columbus crew, coming into our house, an important game for playoff seating and potentially getting into the playoffs. You lose 3-1. My goodness, you were up one nothing after three minutes. Then you managed to give up three unanswered goals. And I'm just like, and I looked at the stats of that game in Columbus' one time possession or possession percentage, they had more shots, they had more crosses. It looked like after the first few minutes, they dominated. And that is ridiculous. We weren't really about that life, we weren't really a playoff team. And it's frustrating to come that close. But all you had to do was at least tie Columbus. You couldn't even do that. At home needed that one, choke, choke. So now we're on the outside looking in. One point away. One point away. We had the tiebreaker over Columbus. One point away. You cannot be serious. <laughs> you cannot be serious. Well, guess we're gonna watch that joint at home, bro. Um, New York Red Bull gets to go to Philly and. We just sit at home chilling. It don't even, I mean, if New England play like they did all regular season, it don't even matter. It's a wrap. They're going to the finals, and they're probably going to win it all because they're clearly the best team in the league. They just run roughshod, roughshod over everybody. But, man, what, wow. You know, D.C. teams, man, D.C. teams, a lot of disappointment. And that's just the latest. That's just the latest of it. (laughs) Well, better luck next year. Hopefully, you know, whatever we got, we can build on. And hopefully, you know, teams like New England fall back a little bit. I'm looking at it and I'm just I'm looking at the standings and I'm like second place is only like five or six points in front of us. This was a very tight race outside of first place. It was there for the taking, but we choked because we refused to win on the road except the end of the season, and we just lost some critical games down the stretch, and you can't tie with Nashville either at home, so it's just, it's 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 crazy to me, man. I mean, it's just, they should be in the playoffs, but just choked. It was right there for the it, taking. No one was running away with anything. Unbelievable, man unbelievable now the caps so they have back so they had back-to-back one point regulation losses they started off the season no uh, regulation losses all OT losses uh, and they were right there in the mix for one of the best records in the Eastern Conference just right behind Florida and Carolina who pretty much was undefeated through 10 games But Florida put the beat down on Carolina, ended all that. And Florida beat us by one. I'm like, damn, bro, I wanted that one. I wanted to be the first team. I wanted the Cavs to be the first team to beat Florida in regulation, and they didn't do it, and they lost. They also lost to the Lightning. I already mentioned that. Um, They lost to Philly. Yeah. I'm like, what are we doing there? That's that was that was a head scratcher. And then, of course, the get right game. Always a get right game. Buffalo Sabres. Boy, we've been pounding the Buffalo Sabres like the last three years. We've been pounding them. They've probably only beat us one time in the last three years. That's always a get right game. You know how it's a good get right game? Tom Wilson scored his first two goals against Buffalo this past week. Ha ha ha. Get right game, bro. I love it. So hopefully we can use that momentum, go into Detroit and beat them and show these folks we ain't playing. And get out of the cap cycle and get another World, not World Series, but Stanley Cup in here. Now, now OV update. He's tied with Brett Hall for fourth all time in goal scoring. Tied. And he has the lead in goals in the NHL. He's also third in points, trailing behind two Edmonton Oilers. Man, Ovi is amazing, man. To be in the league 17 years and got all these accolades and chasing records. I'm telling you, he gonna gonna catch Gretzky. He gonna catch Gretzky. He's still got another, like, Maybe 150, 160 goals to go, but he can catch him. I mean, Gretzky played twenty years. Ovi is only in year seventeen, and he's and he's already leading the league in goals. I'm telling you, man, this guy is for real. This guy is the realest. And I just, I just love to see this chase of history. I just love witnessing history here in the present moment. I, I just, I. I Come on man I gotta get out there to see the caps too. the caps in was it looked like both of these guys are lit and they doing their thing and you know DC United and the Washington sitcom need to get with the program <laughs> oh man <laughs> yo man um all right some some quick takes. Uh, Odell got released. I knew he was going to clear waivers. No one was going to take that seven million dollar contract, especially when you know a lot of these teams are probably cap strapped. So they'll probably sign him for maybe half that, or shoot. Depending on the market, you might be able to get him for a million for the rest of the season. You might be able to just get him for a mil. That's not bad. So, from what I heard, you know, when I heard this, I knew he was going to clear waivers, first of all. But if he – so, for those who don't know, when he clear waivers, he's a free agent. He's a free agent, free to sign with anybody for basically any amount of money. That's the important part. So, when I saw that, I immediately knew, I was like, he going to go to the Packers or the Seahawks. Those are the top two teams I thought about. Those contenders were good quarterbacks that don't have, like, a a deep receiver pool. Um, But from what I've heard, it's the Packers, the Saints, and the Chiefs. And I'm just like, if he goes to the Chiefs, where does he fit in that offense? But I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, I mean, you focus in on Hill and Kelsey, who else is there that you have to worry about? That, That may be where he comes in. I don't know where he's going to go. I think he should go to the Packers, even though you know, I don't really fool with them. Him, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Cobb, that's going to be dangerous. He, I think he should go there, but, you know, he could go back home to the Saints. I wouldn't be surprised. He just got to stay out of trouble because, you know, he's at home and everything. Um, I'm I'm very interested to see where he goes. I think he should go to the Packers if it's between those three. The Packers, because the Chiefs—I don't know where they're headed. They're just—they're just teetering in mediocrity, and we don't know where they're headed. Um, Jokic versus Markeith Morris. So Markeith did a hard foul on Jokic. Very unnecessary. I know you got a foul, maybe to stop the break, or maybe he was frustrated with Wolf Jokic, whatever Jokic did, and Jokic just in a fit of rage just pushed Marquise Morris real hard in the back, and I don't know what what that caused to hurt on Marquise. I mean, maybe that he was holding his neck, maybe it hurt his neck, maybe it was the whiplash, maybe. He heard his back. I don't know. It looked like he's okay. But man, the foul was unnecessary. And then the push afterwards was really unnecessary. And it started this little mini brawl. And then it got the Heat players in the locker room looking for Nuggets players. <laughs> it's very entertaining. And then now you got the Jokic brothers and the Morris brothers going back and forth on Twitter. And I'm just like, man, this is a lot. And they about to play again this month? I would love to see what happens in response, but I have a feeling that not much is going to happen because cooler heads will prevail and they will just play a regular game in Miami. But I got a feeling that the Nuggets are going to lose that game. I think the Heat are going to put it on them. Well, But we'll see. Well, very entertaining thing. I, I can't get enough of it. The Jokic brothers are intimidating. But has anyone seen them really get challenged? I mean, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. Very entertaining so far, though. Uh, Damon Arnett is got cut from the Raiders. Oh, man, tough season for the Raiders. John Gruden stepped down because of his emails that came out. Then you got... Henry Ruggs getting in that car accident. I don't know why you're even awake at three three thirty in the morning, let alone drinking and driving. And then Damon Arnett decides to threaten a Twitter troll, uh, Instagram troll, and show him all his guns. I, I guess what really triggered Damon Arnett was when the Twitter, not Twitter, the Instagram troll was like, "Oh, send your address." And then Damon sent his address. He was like, oh, that's like five minutes away. Knowing damn well this troll probably don't live anywhere near where Damon Arnett lives. But Damon Arnett wasn't going to take that lightly. He reading too many of the comments. You ain't supposed to read all them comments. You loafing. But, you know, he, he, he's not going to take threats on his livelihood or threats to him as a man lightly. So he showed him all his guns. He's like, pull up pull up. You know, I got a whole army. I got some killers in here. You're going to be Swiss cheese. He was ready. He was ready for combat. Unfortunately, it's a bad look for your team, especially after what they just went through. And that's just another first round pick. Both first round picks for the Raiders in 2020 gone because of character issues and big time mistakes. One mistake costs you everything. I don't know if Damon Arnett's going to be back in the league. This is not good. It's not like he's a pro bowler or he was all rookie or anything. Uh, it's going to be tough for him to come back. It's going to be tough. But, you know, maybe he'll get a second chance. He was a first-round pick. So people will keep that in mind in the future when he goes to work out for teams or whatever. Just, Just terrible, man. Just he isn't supposed to be reading all them comments. Them trolls, they talk all this stuff. Then they, while they secretly recording and laughing, they They ain't trying to fight you. They just trying to have fun, bro. He he took the bait, and it's unfortunate. It's 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 very unfortunate, man. It's crazy, bro. Oh, also, before I get to the hypothetical game of the episode, college basketball has started. It came up on me pretty fast. I mean, last night, Virginia Tech and Merlin occupied sports radio uh last night, and I just said I just said, screw it, they're not playing anyone good both Both of their games were blowouts, but I was like they're not playing anybody I mean Merlin's playing Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac. That's how you say it, right? Don't matter. Trash. I was like, they playing these weak schools. I don't want to hear that. Turned it off, played some music in the lift. Because just like, man, I ain't trying to see that, bro. But Ohio State, I need to look at the highlights of this because I was watching the beginning. And I saw Akron take a few nonsense shots. And I'm like, this team don't have a chance. And they couldn't stop. I think his name is Key, right? Yeah, Arden Key. I think that's his name. Uh, He was just eaten down low early. And from the looks of it, that was the difference in the game because Key and Liddell, their two low post players, had more than half of Ohio State's points. Ohio State won by a game-winning shot against a team from the eye test in the first two minutes look like they shouldn't have been on the floor with them, but yet they gave Ohio State all type of problems. They even took the early lead even with them playing not all that well in my opinion. But I guess they gave them trouble and Ohio State escaped. I really got to go back and watch this game because I'm just fascinated of why Ohio State struggled so much. They can't pound the pulse against everybody. They're going to have to get it together. Cause in the Big Ten probably there's no way they're gonna let them pound the post like that. But that but that's what I'm saying. I mean we'll we'll see what happens though. <laughs> but it's it's pretty funny how they just how they almost choked and lost. Uh let's see. Duke won and uh Kansas won. The the coaches classic where they just rotate between Duke, Kentucky Michigan State and Kansas, and I think maybe North Carolina every now and then. They rotate between those guys at the beginning of the season. I mean, it's about as traditional as the Thanksgiving games or the Christmas basketball. Man, I'm looking at, bro, I'm looking at Speak for Yourself right now. Man, this Joy Taylor, bro, I need to quit watching Fox Sports 1. The way she be looking at at the camera... And how i will be looking at her, I'd be like, man, damn, that girl fine, man. That Joy Taylor is something else, man. Real talk. But anyway. (laughs) It's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. Hey, shout out to Howard for beating UDC. I'm not ready to say they're going to win the MEAC championship, but uh, if they do, I'm going to be hyped. But good they beat UDC. Uh, congrats to them. I was kind of interested in that game because, you know, I people forget UDC has a team or even a campus, but they do. <laughs> And, you know, uh, it would have been great to see them versus Howard, but I I had stuff to do. I I couldn't go watch that. Anyway, it's time for the start of the second round of the hypothetical game of the episode tournament. Tournament. Take eight teams, champions from different sports, playing against each other in different activities and sports. Eight-team playoff, single elimination. All the girl teams are out. The Dash, the Aces, the Sooner Softball, they're out. So now we're left with Dodgers, Lightning, Milwaukee Bucks, and Columbus Crew. So the first semifinal matchup is between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Milwaukee Bucks. In a, in a flag football, Madden-style, superstar KO game. So, the Dodgers, so we're going seven on seven. So, the Dodgers charting out with Scherzer, Betts, Trey Turner, Kyle Seager, um, Cody Bellinger, Will Smith, A.J. Pollock, Chris Taylor. Only Chris Taylor because they're gonna sub Scherzer out on defense, right? So, <clears throat> which is ironic because in baseball, you know you sub out the pitcher for offense. <laughs> but anyway, it's 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 football, so it's different. Um, because Scherzer is gonna be the quarterback, so the Bucks going with Giannis Middleton, who's technically hurt right now, but. For this hypothetical, we going to use them. George Hill, Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen, Matt Connison. So, in superstar KO, so each team gets a possession. Um, Yeah, each team gets a possession. They start at the 20. So, if, okay, first team scores, <clears throat> they get a, two-point conversion, a chance at a two-point conversion, then if they, whatever happens, the other team has a chance to uh, best that that result or match them. And if they match them, if the second team matches the first team, then we go into a tug-of-war overtime where both teams get the ball three times and whoever gets Whoever gets on the other team's side of the 50 wins. It's like a tug of war. The, the 50 is the middle. So whoever gets into the other team's territory by the end of three plays wins. So there you go. So here we go. The Bucks get the ball first. So immediately wasting no time. Giannis streaks down the field, cover two. He sprints past Chris Taylor, and then Mookie Betts is at safety. So he mosses Mookie Betts and then outruns him to the end zone, untouched for a quick 80-yard TD. And just like that, it is 6-0 Milwaukee Bucks. So, of course, you got to go for two. No field goals. Got to go for two. So George Hill tried to test him again. But this time, you know, the the Dodgers go man to man and they put Cody Bellinger on Giannis. So George Hill throws it up to Giannis for a two-point conversion. But Cody Bellinger, to his credit, gets up there and swats the ball away from Giannis. And it's only six-nothing. It's six-nothing bucks. And the Dodgers have to respond or they lose. So here we go. So immediately, Scherzer gets the snap. He throws a quick drag to Turner, to Trey Turner. He jukes Grayson Allen. Then he back-jukes Middleton. He plants, stops, cuts across the field. He beats the pursuit. And all of a sudden, he is in a foot race with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis somehow catches up to him, but Trey Turner stops, plants. He stops, plants, cuts, and loses Giannis, and he is untouched all the way to the end zone. Trey Turner with an amazing play to tie the game. Then Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer, two-point conversion to try to win the game just like that. He gets the ball. No one's open. Great coverage by the Bucks, but Will Smith he got kind of a small window to throw to Will Smith, but he overthrows Will Smith by an inch. It goes over his fingertips to the through the back of the end zone, and it is 6-6. Six, six. We're going to a tug of war overtime. So the Bucks get the ball first. George Hill throws a slant to Middleton for 10 yards. So, oh, yeah, also we alternate, alternate, yeah, alternate. So alternate play. So the Bucks get one then the Dodgers, Bucks, Dodgers. Yeah, you know how it goes. Um, so the Dodgers get it. So the Dodgers get it at so the Dodgers get it at their own 40 yard line. And then Scherzer doesn't find anyone open, so he scrambles for seven to to their forty-seven yard line. George Hill takes the snap. Holiday doesn't out and up. On Kyle Seager, who's guarding him. He loses Seager, beats the safety, but it is overthrown. It's overthrown. And so the Dodgers get the ball back. Um, The Dodgers get the ball back on their own 47. Scherzer scrambles once again. Scherzer scrambles, but he's still behind the line. He's trying to find someone open. You know, no one's really getting open. But late, and I mean late in the midnight hour, hour. Mookie Betts appears open and he catches the ball and he is instantly grabbed and the flag is grabbed and he is tagged right there. 20 yard gain and the Dodgers are at the Bucks 33. So, the Bucks have to start from their own 33. They have one more chance. So, if they don't get past the 50, the game is over. If they do, then the Dodgers will have one more chance to respond. So, here we go. So, here we go. George Hill gets the ball, drops back the throw. He immediately throws it behind him. To Drew Holiday. Little double pass action. The safety covers it. The safety, Trey Turner, covers it really well. Covers Giannis going deep. So, no one's open. So, Holiday has to scramble. He makes stuff happen. He sprints past the linebacker. He's getting loose. Pass. So, he's past the forty-five. Spins, and he's shorter to 50 at the 49. He is tagged. His flag is grabbed, and he's short at the 49, and the game is over. The Dodgers won. The Dodgers win, and they will advance to the championship, which will be played, I guess, first week of December. It won't be Thanksgiving because that's going to be the Turkey Bowl between legion of boom and uh whatever celebrity team that's going to be put together so but there you go good win for the dodgers they advance to the championship well they will await the winner of the tampa bay lightning and the columbus crew who will be playing basketball so there you go so that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode so you already know that i'm out peace oh psych i lied let me go (laughs) let me go over my fantasy football teams real quick uh start with goats over sheep uh six and three that's my yahoo team the one that have some head scratching losses but they're first they got back on track after a good win last week 159 to 66 That person's not active and have a bunch of people out. But um, uh, let's see. Baker Mayfield came through for me. Matt Stafford did not. Uh, James Conner was critical. Uh, I started Michael Gallup. I thought he was playing because he was giving a projection, but he is not playing. So I got burnt on that one. So... Uh, also, who else cooked for me last last week? Marquise Brown was great once again. You no, know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad effort. I'm projected to score one ninety this week, and my opponents is projected to score one forty six I should win, but we'll see Matt Stafford's questionable uh that kind of concerns me. Let's see uh goat level three. In the AWOD listener league is seven and two. One point win. I don't know how I won that with Josh Allen sucking, but I did. Uh simply great. Uh okay. Oh, GOAT level OG. Before I go any further, GOAT level OG, the most important team, the one with my college friends. Seven and two lost a heartbreaker to Neville, who is eight and one. Um, heartbreaker. I'll probably rematch him in the championship. We're clearly the two best teams. He won because Darnell Mooney had 20 points. And also, uh, had to start Kenneth Gamewell because I didn't have any running backs. And he only had 6.3, even though he scored a touchdown. Unbelievable. I had some duds. Uh, Elijah Moore had 27 points. Uh, is, there were some other people I benched that I should have started, that if I started, I would have won. You know, there it goes again. Just a heartbreaking loss. I, I should have won for sure, and Matt Stafford only had 11 points. Like, if if Matt Stafford has a regular game, I for sure beat Neville. So I, I should have won that. You know, he stole one from me, but we're we going to be all right at the end of the day. Uh, Let's see. Simply Great is 6-3. and three. Another one-point win, not sure how. Uh, I didn't start, that's what happened. I didn't start Jalen Hurts, but he didn't really do anything, so it, it actually worked out. Uh, Goat Level Heroes 2, the one with my high school folks, they're 6-3 and three with another dub, a 20-point dub. Uh, Antonio Brown's questionable and don't look like he's playing, so I have to get a receiver off the waiver wire. Kind of annoying, but just part of the game. And this is a deep league, so it's not going to be—it's going to be slim pickings in the uh in the uh waiver wire. So I don't know—I don't know who I'm gonna get to replace Antonio Brown. This is not good at all. Uh. Easy money, two and seven, won another game. I don't know how. Uh, don't know how. I just got a ragtag group of folks. I mean, Cole Beasley is is getting me through. <laughs> you gotta love it. And I benched Devonte Smith. He finally did something. The one time he did something, he's on the bench. You you can't you can't make this stuff up. I can't believe I won last week. 64 to 56, and then oh my NFL.com team finally quit messing around. Now they're five and three. Then one, f- three in a row. That's the league where everyone's inactive, and I was the only one at the draft. Yet somehow I'm five and three, and I'm, I'm in first. So I should win that league. No one's paying attention. Like I should win this league, and I should win this league easily. If I don't, I just quit nfl.com fantasy because that's just ridiculous i probably gonna quit anyway because this is the second year in a row that i'm in an nfl.com league with all inactives (laughs) it's like playing against robots dog (laughs) wow well anyway man i'm out peace thanks for listening to another episode of the goat level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.